Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr and I would like to welcome you to the 59th episode of the Black Ink Podcast. Today I'm coming in with fucking so much anxiety into this podcast because I've tried to record another podcast about 10 times and it's just not fucking happening. And if I'm very honest, it's because I think 57 was such a good podcast that I built this expectation, this standard, that I want every single podcast after that to meet. And the reason is... I don't think it was particularly interesting, the podcast itself. I'm not saying that it wasn't interesting. It was interesting, but it was only like a six. It was the structure of what I did. It's how I entered into the podcast. It's how I stayed on trend the whole time. And then at the end of the podcast, I just signed out. It was such a well-formulated podcast. And I've even gone on to like the podcast that I originally tried to record after that was pretty much just talking about the fact that I figured out the formula of podcasts. And essentially, that's all I've been doing my whole life is trying to figure out the formula. And then once I listened to a little bit of it back, I fucking crawled up into a ball of cringe and just decided that's definitely not uh, appropriate to be posting. And not that it isn't appropriate, just like every time I post something, I'm I'm offering another side of myself. I'm offering a little bit more perspective on what I'm trying to offer or the character that I'm trying to build online. And if it doesn't adhere to that particular you know, perspective that I have in my mind or that standard of quality that I want in everything that I post, then I just can't use it. And now I've got to a point where I've recorded so many of these fucking 40, uh, you know, 45 minute podcasts that I just don't do anything with. There's a few things happening. I'm building this mentality that nothing is going to be good enough. I'm spending so much time on camera that I'm forgetting what I've said and what I haven't said. And it's also, like, it's creating this massive hole in, like, I've gone, you know, some weeks I upload five episodes, some weeks I, up, I upload three, some weeks I, I upload one, and the, the, sorry, I should say, some weeks I, I upload two, but I never upload one, and it seems to be that for the past two weeks, that's all I've done is uploaded one podcast a week. I must admit, part of me wants to continue doing one a week to make sure that they're actually fucking half decent, that I've got something to talk about. And I'm going to stop talking about the podcast in a second, talk about what's been going on lately. But I really have created the situation for myself where I'm just so over the top anxious that I'm not creating the best possible thing that I can. And one thing that I keep going back to, and like this, 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 this applies across the board. This isn't just social media. This isn't just posting on YouTube. This is everything. I do what I can with the equipment that I've got. I do what I can there and then. Sometimes I create something and I look at it and I go, oh, I'd love to do this, this, and this. But I've already got this sorted. And if I invest another X amount of hours or minutes or whatever it might, sometimes it can be days into this project just to get that little bit better, then I would rather save that attention to detail that I have for this project for the next project. Let's get this one out of the way. Let's get it done, posted, delivered, whatever it is. And then the next time, Instead of trying to make these alterations at the back end, let's take that consideration and put it on the front end. So while we're developing whatever that is, whether it's some media, whether it's a garment, whether it's a conversation with someone, take that little bit of advice you gave yourself at the end of this project and apply it to the start of the next project. So with that in mind, I try not to get overwhelmed by the fact that obviously if I thought episode 57 was the shit, episode 58 kind of has to be a bad episode just by default. Not because, you know, Murphy's Law or anything, but the fact that I've only done less than 60 podcasts means that the likelihood of the one after a brilliant episode is probably not going to be even close to how brilliant that was. And that's okay. But it's hard for me to get over this lump. It's hard for me to keep progressing and moving forward and feel and feel like even though it's not as good as the one I did before, it's still good that you're showing up. It's still good that you're there, you know? And I believe Larissa is about to walk in the door. Couldn't have timed this podcast any better, but here we are. Yep. Hey, puppy. Hey, puppy. 
Nah, she's going to take ages to get in. That's cool. We're four minutes in. We're off to a fucking burning start. But I definitely, uh, one thing I do do is, and hang on, let's just go back to when, when I, and I've, I've actually just, I've got a perfect example, okay? So I'm about to release a product this afternoon. So by the time you see this, the product's already going to be released. It's the coffee mug. So when I look at how I uh, advertise, hey puppy, come here. Hello, come on. Oh, oh. Jump again, jump again. Come on, come on. Oh, come on, big girl. Come here. I'll lift you up. I'll lift you up. Do you want to say hello? Let's say hello. Say hello? Hey! Hey, puppy! No, no, no. You're too excited, aren't you? You're too excited. Say hello! Hello! Go on. Go see your mum. So when I take into consideration, when I was making... Because I wanted to make a video to uh, promote this cup and, and the sales of this cup. So I came up with an idea in my head and I wrote it all down. That's really important. I feel like a lot of people forget that having an idea in your head is great. And I know you can see it, but being able to firstly translate that onto paper, even if it's just in dot points or just a rough scribble or even sometimes just a rough sketch, that's a really important part of the process because that shows you're able to take that visual image in your head and you're able to put it into something that's tangible. So you can run it through, like if you show someone that piece of paper, you go, look, here's how it's going to start. Here's how the middle is going to look and here's how it's going to finish. And people it's funny because you ask people to put their ideas down on paper and they think it's like this because it was what you did in primary school or what you did in high school they think now that they're an adult they don't have to do these silly kind of rudimentary things but in reality the reason they were teaching you that in school is so you could apply it to your your adult life and it's all good but oh, I'm puffed from all the excitement of seeing Louie sorry but <clears throat> Being able to put it on paper means that you do have something that's actually tangible in your head. It's not just a, a whimsical thing. So being able to put it down on paper, as much as you don't really think it is, it is a skill. It's being able to like put it into words, make it something that's readable, digestible, and ultimately the middle step between having that visual image in your head and having an end goal, having an end product. So I had the idea in my head, what I want to do is I want the cup to be on camera or whatever. And like from, from the start, I thought it was going to be, I wanted to create like a 30 second video where it showed the process of me making a coffee. And in the meantime, you can kind of just get an, an idea of what the coffee cup looks like. I was using the process of making a coffee to kind of model the cup, if that makes sense. So I thought, oh yeah, I'll have the kettle turning on and I'll be getting the coffee out of the, the cupboard and I'll be putting the cup down and all the rest. And obviously, to do all these shots, you need like, and don't forget, I'm working with a fucking iPhone camera. You know what I mean? Like, I'm working with what I got. So when I pictured it in my mind, I, I could see perfectly still frames where like, you know, you'd see the coffee coming out of the cupboard and you see the kettle going on. And because we've got a whistling kettle, it's a perfect kind of uh, prop for this sort of like video. So I thought, oh yeah, this is going to be a great thing. But then when I wrote it all down on paper, I started to realize like, oh, this is going to mean that I'm going to have to mount my camera in multiple different positions. I'm going to have to figure out what the best angle for all these particular shots are. And I'm going to have to put something together that ultimately, I mean, in my mind, I'm seeing the same quality in an ad that you see on TV or you see, you know, before a YouTube video sort of thing. But in reality, like I haven't really made that many ads. In fact, even though I know I've created a lot and posted a lot on Instagram, I haven't really created that much real content. All I've done is kind of piece things together with what I've got. So after writing it down and after kind of furthering that visualization in my head of what it's going to look like, what I realized is that I need to simplify this to exactly what is achievable. And like for this, I mean, I would love to spend all day just recording the video and editing it and getting it made. But in reality, with everything that I've got going on, this project needs to be done in two hours, right? So I need to be able, 
So from having that piece of paper written down to having a video that I that's ready to post whenever I want to post it, that whole process needs to take two hours. So the thing that I've found is sometimes it's uh it's it, the, the the difficulty the difficulty of starting tends to be the thing that stops me from doing most of these like kind of you know deep no, I wouldn't say deep but like technical projects and as far as like recording this ad and like having the thing go from a, a vision in my mind to the finished product I knew that there was going to be heaps of things that I just didn't know there's going to be heaps of problems that I had to solve but with that said I also know that my failure to launch is typically the thing that you know leads to my failure to produce so all I did was I got you know the coffee out I got the sugar out I got the cup out I got the kettle boiling I got my phone I got my tripod I just got everything and I put it all together and I started just playing around and had to clean up an area of the kitchen so I didn't have shit in the background and had to sort out the light and had to sort out this and that. And then as it turns out, it just all kind of came together. And I, obviously because the video will all be out, I'll, I'll explain how I kind of came to what I ended up using. And I set up the phone in a way that I thought, right, I'm not going to be able to get these shots of it coming out of the cupboard and, and putting the kettle on the boil. So what I'm going to do is make this just about making the coffee as if all of the elements are already in play. So that meant that I could have the coffee and the sugar and the hot water and the milk and the spoon and everything ready to go. I was essentially just going to make a video of the coffee being made inside the cup. So I did exactly that. I figured out the angle where I could get it perfectly square on. I figured out how I'm going to do it so that everything kind of, how do you, how do you, how do I word it? Like all the shapes work together sort of thing. I got halfway through this. <clears throat> And then, just coincidentally, I was sliding the cup along the bench, like just to see how it would kind of look in the frame. And then it occurred to me like, oh, that's perfect. I can make one of those videos where at the start of it, there's no cup and at the end of it, there's no cup. So it's a perfect continuous loop. So just like that, I press record, I slide the cup in, it lands perfectly in the right spot. I drop coffee in there, I drop sugar in there, I drop water in there, I drop milk in there give it a stir, pick it up and take it off. And I was like, okay, that's not the one, but it's so fucking close to the one that I know what I'm doing now. I, I get a, a, a much clearer idea of what this is going to look like in the long run. So I tip all that shit out. I don't know, mad waste of bloody of instant coffee. You shouldn't never be treated like that, but I did because I'm a bad person. So I tip it all out. I cleaned it off. I wipe the bench down. <clears throat> I start again. I spent about two minutes trying to get the sliding the cup into frame exactly right because where I had things situated, I needed the cup to land right in the middle of the two props that I had in the background, which is a little plant and a bowl of fruit. Otherwise, it was all a bit congested. I'm trying to keep it all quite simple so the attention is still drawn to the cup itself without being about the cup, if that makes sense. So I'm sliding the cup in. Yep, that was perfect. So the cup's in the right position. Now, the trick is once you've got everything set up, once the camera's set up and once the cup is in that position, the trick comes with not touching anything because everything's lined up perfectly. So now I can take as long as I want to do the rest of this and I can edit it all after the fact so that it all looks like it just happened bang, 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 bang. So I slide the cup in, I'm like, right, it's in the exact right position. Now I need to make the coffee. So I put a scoop of coffee in, I put a scoop of sugar in because I'm a bad man. I get the water, I pour that in, bang. I give it a stir. I pour the milk in and like I cleaned up all the milk jug and everything so it was, you know, none of those little dry flakes of milk on it sort of thing. Did that, waited, I was like, right, everything looks good. 
I turn the cup around so you can see the, you know, obviously you've been looking at the front print the whole time, the back print, the front print is a black ink logo and the back print is industry leader. I'll get into what that is in a second. And so I turn the thing around so you can see industry leader. I pick the cup up and I take it away, right? So then I have this, I think the video was about two and a half minutes long. And I've got, as I just said, the cup arrives, sugar, coffee, uh, hot water, stir, milk, turn it, grab it and take it away. So I actually, uh, I had a bit of a, a sound clip in mind that I wanted to use because essentially the, the end result that I'm trying to create is a reel. And the reason that I'm trying to make a reel for Instagram is because that's the most effective way to get the most amount of eyes on a particular sort of content because reels are a new feature of Instagram at the moment. So if you make reels, they're more likely to push you up in the algorithm because you're utilizing this new feature. So I had already thought of a bit of music that would be perfect to make this 10, 15 second clip and I knew that I was gonna make a reel, so then I started sitting down and without even putting the music to it, right? I start chopping and getting rid of all the guts of it where nothing's happening, so pretty much all you see is just cup, coffee, sugar, hot water, spoon, milk, 10, you know what I mean? So I've cut two and a half minutes down to like 10 seconds, 15 seconds or something. This piece of music that I had in mind, I've then just like, because the thing is you either have to go about it one or two ways. You either have to start with the music and then add pieces of video to it to suit the music, or you build the whole video and then add the music to it and then slightly adjust the video already edited to suit the, the drops and the sounds of the music. So I've added the music to it and it was like a, I could tell straight away, it was like a 70% fit. And because the music kind of has this like, it has this like build, 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 and then a big drop. I was like, okay, I need to time these things that I'm doing with the coffee cup so it builds appropriately, and then I need to build a little bit of suspense and then the drop. So I've already started to like, I realized that instead of having all the elements of this video equally timed out, so everything takes a second, I realized that what I had to do was make some things take half a second at the start, so I get you in in those first five seconds, like, oh, what's going on? And then I can kind of stretch it out a little bit. I can build a little bit of suspense, a little bit of like big question mark over it, what's gonna happen. And then adding the milk, the drop is about to happen. And then as I turn the cup around, bang, the drop happens and the heavy music starts playing. I pick the cup up and I take it away. And I was, you know, like obviously made this video that I was super happy with. I haven't posted it just yet, but I'm, I'm, all, I'm so happy with it right now. I know what the caption's gonna be and all the rest. But I've watched that video maybe 20 times since I created it yesterday. And every time I watch it, I think to myself, like, just the way the light is situated in the room, I'm not stoked with, and I'd love to re-record it again. But the reality is, like, that project is signed, sealed, and all but delivered. All I have to do is upload that, put a caption on it, and I'm going to start selling those cups. That's how it works. Now, <clears throat> the question I have is, do I spend another two hours re-recording all that? Because I know how it needs to happen now. I don't have the problem, the, the problem of, like, what is this going to look like? I know what it's going to look like. The problem that I have now is how do I make it better, okay? So what I do is I, instead of going, I'm gonna spend another two hours this morning and I'm gonna re-record that video and I'm gonna make it perfectly sharp and I know that I'm gonna be working with morning light instead of afternoon light so it's coming from a different direction so I can essentially shoot in the same position and know that the light isn't gonna be an issue. I mean, yesterday when I recorded, I literally had a clothing rack with a shirt hanging off it so I could block the light that was coming through the window because you could literally see the reflection of the window in the mug, right? So you start to understand, like I've, I've already put the thought into it, but then after the fact, you're like, oh, there's this, there's this ray of light in the mug that kind of takes away from the logo a little bit. 
And I mean, if you want to play in defense of the light, you can even say like, well, the light kind of adds to it because it's a more realistic set because you can see that it's in someone's kitchen. It's not something that's done in a studio where you've brought in a plant and a bowl of fruit from somewhere else's props. It's like, that's literally the bowl that we put fruit in that we eat. And that plant literally lives in that part of the counter anyway. So everything's nice and organic. But in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, I would love this to be absolutely perfect. And I, I genuinely do feel this way about most of my projects. You know, you, you see it said and done and you're like, this is brilliant. This is great. I love where this is, but there's still 5% or 10% or 15% we can add to this. It'll take it to another level, right? But I've realized that there is more productivity and there is more success in seeing a finished product seeing the possible uh, kind of alterations or additions you can have to it, taking that information and applying it to the next product. So the next time that I go to record a video with something that's super shiny, or maybe I'm recording a video that's in my kitchen, whatever it might be, I know that I have to be so considerate of where the light is coming from and how it is in relationship to the thing that I'm trying to record, or maybe it's in the background or whatever it might be, that I'll take more kind of notable action towards blocking it or making sure that it's not a part of the video. And in reality, if I didn't say any of this, you would have watched that video and never noticed it. That's what it is. Because I'm seeing it from the point of view that like I've had to deal with this since I thought of the idea of having mugs right up until the point of advertising them ready for sale. Like I have seen every single part of the process. So I know all the pockets and the ins and outs of this so much so that when I see that finished product before I post it, I think, well, I know that I can do this better because not only do I know the mug, I know the environment. I know the kitchen that it was recorded in. I know the window that the light is coming through. I know the thing that is causing the problem so intimately that I know how to get rid of it. But then you go, well, the two hours that I spend perfecting that video, is that going to get me another 10 sales? Is that going to justify it financially at the end of the day? Or is that something that, is that part of the process of getting better at things, right? So it's like, if you do something a thousand times in your life, there is no point being brilliant at it at when you first start. You're allowed to be shit as long as you get better every time sort of thing. Like I see that little imperfection as a part of the process of getting better. It's like to a certain point with 1600 followers, there's no point posting a perfectly pristine video that's super polished and super well produced and doesn't have any imperfections in it because for the people that are gonna see it, it's not gonna translate into sales and therefore it's not really worth validating spending that time on it. And it's funny because when we relate this back to the podcast, it's exactly what's going on. I spend all this time, like I, I've recorded like, I, I literally don't know how many podcasts I've recorded since 57, but the amount like, you know, I posted 58 and this is obviously episode 59. The amount of them that have potentially been episode 58 that I haven't posted because I have this idea of how good they're meant to be or how on trend or on track the topics are meant to be. It's kind of shooting myself in the foot because instead of this being episode 62 or 65 or whatever it might've been, it's episode 59. And a part of me is like, well, at least we didn't uh, be transparent in my weaknesses. At least I haven't posted to the world. I mean, one of them I didn't post because I literally got fucking emotional on it. I got, I got super real with myself and I wouldn't say I learned anything about myself, but I definitely learned about how I respond on camera when a real topic comes up. It's kind of, in one way, it's kind of cringy, but I think anything in that sense is cringy to the individual who does it. To everyone else, it's like, oh yeah, he's just going through a thing, I guess, you know? So... 
when I think about like whether or not I should have posted those podcasts, 50% of me is like, well, I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad that we haven't created this idea of, because I mean, one of the biggest things I'm scared of is if this is the first podcast that you've seen of mine, you don't have all of the history of podcasts that I've had where you've seen me progress from episode one to here, right? So if this is not a good podcast, then the likelihood of you listening to 60 is so much lower because the first one you listened to was no good. Now, I understand that this progressive talk that I'm talking about right now, where, you know, obviously you've, let's say you've listened to 30 or so podcasts beforehand, you listen to 57 and you're like, what? wow, this is a good podcast. He kept me on the ball the whole time. It was an interesting story, all the rest. And then you listen to 58 and you're like, okay and then you listen to 59 you're like yeah no as it turns out he just had a good run that day that's the fucking that's not what i'm trying to do you know what i mean like and obviously if you have had that history with black ink podcast and you understand where i'm coming from then it is that progression that you're kind of interested in but at the same time i don't want to deliver something that's wasting 45 minutes of your time and therefore you know losing you as a listener so it's funny though it is that exact like the thing about all of this is like I am organically passionate about finding the next best thing and whatever I'm trying to do. So even like, I mean, just recently, like we've got a whole heap more pot plants around the house and I've noticed that like, okay, now I've got to water these plants once or twice a day. I realized that uh, the way I was doing it before wasn't quite working. It was literally filling this cup up and pouring the water in the pot plants. And I realized that kind of dug up the soil a little bit. So I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Well, a watering can would be nice. But, you know, I know it sounds silly, but a, a watering can's, it's unessential in my mind for the budget. So therefore, it's like, well, what do we have around here that achieves the same result as a watering can? So then it turned into, I got a, I got a, um, like a one liter bottle with a screw lid on it. And I, I got a pin and I heated up the pin and then I stabbed holes in the lid of the bottle. And then I filled the bottle up full of water and then you can just kind of squirt water on, on the tops of the plants and it doesn't dig up the soil at all. You can kind of treat the plant like it's raining. But I realized like I could only carry a liter of water around and I had to squeeze the thing the whole time, which meant that, you know, not that it's heaps of effort to squeeze this bottle, but I can see that like right now I've got five pot plants. If I had 15 pot plants, I'm not squeezing this bottle like four times over just to, you know, water these plants. So, of course, I want to do a little bit better next time. Doesn't matter so much about this time. You know, the bottle works for today, but for tomorrow, what can we do to better this process? And then... I looked around, I looked around, we've got a, a milk carton. I was like, sweet, so the milk carton's got a handle on it. And I know because I seen uh, at Mason Signs the other day, Mark does one a similar thing. When he's carrying water, he gets old juice cartons that have the handle in it and he cuts the top off on an angle so you've got like a bucket scoop with a handle. So that's great. So I cut the top off the milk carton so I've got the handle and I've got a nice big scoop where all the water can go in. I turn the milk carton upside down and I put a whole heap of little a heap of little holes in the bottom of the thing. So now I can scoop water or I can fill it up from the top and then just hold it and the water rains out. And I've got two liters of water being a two liter milk carton. I thought this is great, you know? So we're driving along the other day and I've, you know, we, we buy uh, pot plants here and there, but you know, you, you get a plant that's this tall, but it's in a pot plant, in a pot like this big and this deep. So you gotta go home and repot it straight away or plant it somewhere. And of course, I wanted to put them in some nice pots so we can move it around because I'm so scared of committing a plant to a particular area. It's like, what if you put it there and then three weeks later, you need to change your mind? I'm not going to be able to move the plant without killing it sort of thing. So I'm like, let's put them in a pot. And then if we feel good about it in six months time, we can plant it somewhere. I just, I like the idea of having life around. It's a beautiful, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it. Anyway, so we're driving around at the moment. It's hard waste collection. So in my mind, whenever it's hard waste collection, I always think deep about what do you actually want? 
I've spent years picking shit up on the side of the road from Hard Waste Collection. And by the way, if you don't know what Hard Waste Collection is, Hard Waste Collection is where you can put anything out the front of your house besides green waste, which is obviously like weeds and plants and any trees or anything. You can put anything out the front of your house. And on a particular day, the city goes around with a truck and a bobcat, picks up all of this shit, puts it in the back of the truck, takes it out to the tip and gets rid of it for free. And the idea of this is if the city allows this once a year where you can just put all the shit you don't want in a pile out the front of your house, we'll come and collect it and take it away for you. The idea is it's meant to stop people dumping that shit in our beautiful nature reserves, which still happens quite a fair bit. You know, you'll be driving along somewhere and you'll see someone's just dropped a couch and a fucking dryer and a whole bunch of kids toys and some nappies or something. And they've just dumped it and kept on moving sort of thing. So it's a great idea. And consequently, you find... There are literally people who you see driving around specifically just to go through people's hard waste to see what they're throwing out. And honestly, I've got so much furniture. I've got so many interesting pieces of, uh, I guess, other people's rubbish that I've turned into my treasure. And the great part about it is when hard waste collection is on, you can actually have in your mind, well, this is what I do. Like I have in my mind, like I wouldn't mind finding a rug. I wouldn't mind finding some pots. I actually kind of need a few more tables. I need some shelving for my shed. You know, I need all these bits and pieces. If you drive around long enough, I guarantee you, you find every single one of them. And the crazy part about us is we live in such a beautiful country that people are happy to throw shit out that there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. Like the other day, I went past this guy who was throwing out this massive thing of shelving. It was all like bent, um, that bent alley sort of thing. And it had all like rubber things on all the edges so you couldn't cut yourself and all that. And I'm like, this is absolutely perfect for my shed. I definitely want it. The only reason that I didn't get it is because I couldn't fit it in the back of my ute. To have that made would cost hundreds of dollars. To buy it from a shop would cost even, it would cost probably double that. And this dude's literally just throwing it out on the side of the road. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Take it home, give it a wipe over, good as new, right? So in my mind, I always say like, instead of just driving around and picking up random shit that you think looks cool and you're going to come up with some sort of excuses to how you're going to use it in the future or you're going to renovate it or whatever, I rather go into that situation thinking like, right, right now I need pots. Uh, I wouldn't mind some, um, you know, pretty much just planting shit in general. You know what I mean? Like if there's any sort of uh, tools that people are throwing out for gardening and that, I'll grab those. But other than that, like I'm pretty good Oh, and always like, Things like filing cabinets and, um, you know, like big drums and bins and things like that, they're always pretty handy. Oh, and I'm also trying to come up with some sort of wash down table area for my uh, screen printing setup. So basically what I'm, I'm doing all my cleaning, like at the end of the whole screen printing process, I do all of my cleaning just kind of on the ground with a hose. So I'm picturing in my head something like a barbecue where you get rid of all the barbecue shit and you just create sort of a, a sink section in there, I guess, a big flat sink section hook up a bit of a hose arrangement to it so it's got a hose out the top and you can use like a squirty gun and that and then have all that water kind of drain off into somewhere that's filterables, maybe like buckets of sand that have outlets at the bottom so I can catch all of those ink pigments as I'm cleaning them out and dispose of them properly rather than just going on the lawn or whatever. So I've also kind of got an eye out for that. But more importantly, I have an eye out for these pots because we bought... I forget what the plants were. I think there was like a capsicum plant or a a Thai mint plant as well. Um, But yeah, we we bought a few of these different plants. I was like, I need some pots. 
So we're driving around and I find, uh, I find literally this house was, they must have had a beautiful garden out the back because they were throwing out obviously all of their shitty pots, which to me, they're fucking brilliant because they're clean, they're round, they're good to go. Some of them even had soil in them. So I was like, this is great. I grab all of those pots, I put them, put them in the back and then what do I see out of the corner of my eye? Oh, it's a light blue bucket. I thought, oh, I don't have a fucking bucket at home. And right now I don't know if I have any use for a bucket, but I know if I want to go buy one, it's going to be like seven or eight bucks. So I grab the fucking bucket. You understand? I put the bucket in the back of the car. I come home. I clean all the pots up. I take the bucket out. I clean that up as well. It's good as new. And now guess how I water my plants? I fill my bucket up full of water. And then I scoop my milk carton fucking rainwater device. And then I rain my plants with water. And that way I can even measure like, right, my tomato plant does really well when I give it like two or three liters of water a day, two in the morning, one at night. Whereas the other ones just get waterlogged. So I just give them like 500 mil, 500 mil, 500 mil. This one gets a liter. My whole point, progression, right? And I'm not saying that in a month's time, I'm going to be watering my plants with a fucking milk carton and a bucket. I might be able to afford a fucking a rain can. But the point is, I work with what I've got today and I keep getting better for tomorrow. And I don't let the idea of how good tomorrow can be, or I don't let the idea of how good next year or next month, or whatever you want to say is going to be from stop me from doing what I can do today. And that's exactly what I do here. Like, I love the idea that I'm going to have, you know, a hundred pot plants around here and they're all going to be watered. Fuck up. Maybe they might be watered with a like automatic irrigation system one day. The whole point is we work with what we've got today and we work towards being better tomorrow. And essentially like i think i've done that my whole life with jobs that i've had working for people in skating that's typically the mentality that you've got to have as well because it's not about how you know it's not about how good you are today it's about how good you're going to get that's what sport is all about and i think the really cool part about that part of me that idea that <clears throat> that that kind of i don't know what you'd call it it's like a program that i operate under where I'm happy to, to, to do whatever as long as there's progression kind of tied into it. I think that sits so well in being self-employed and being a business owner because it allows you, it doesn't allow you, it kind of like encourages you to not be held up about how cringe or how bad or how subpar something is as long as we have something to work off and move forward. And obviously like at the moment, I'm elaborating on the fact that you know, I've got so much momentum now that I got a really good product, I got a really good result, and then the quality, the good quality of that result held me back from continuing to produce and create good quality, so much so that like I've had all these repetitions where the quality wasn't good enough, so I'm just getting angry at myself and that's stopping me from being able to produce anything at all. The, the basis of all that is that I have allowed myself you know, when I first started all this back up, you know, I keep on saying six months, but I'm getting pretty close to like, it must be about 10 months, right? So about 10 months ago, when this all started back up, I, I knew that there was heaps of potential in the brand and myself and my ability to execute. But I knew that the things that I could do were almost embarrassing. That's how small they were. So if you go back, I actually started with a chalky tea. So what I did was I thought, right, I know how to do Photoshop and I know how to get shirts made from an outside source. It might cost me a little bit of money, but as long as I can make, you know, five, ten dollars a shirt. I mean, back then when I started, I said to myself, all I want to do is create a thousand garments in the next 12 months. And I need, all I need to do is make a dollar off each of those garments and I'd be happy. Not, not as far as like being able to keep the business afloat, but as far as like, 
the satisfaction in myself that if I can get a thousand garments out there in the next year and as long as I make at least one dollar on each of them, I would be happy, right? I might not be able to live, but I'd be happy. So starting with that ambition, all I had to work with was a laptop, some real basic Photoshop ability and an internet connection. And all I did was I created four designs, literally mimicking tutorial videos off fucking YouTube on how to use Photoshop. But all I did was change the context of what they were doing to my brand. So they might have said like, oh, we'll use the example, um, you know, like ocean breeze. And we're going to create this sort of text effect. So then they go, look, so you create the ocean like this. And then you put the breeze over the top and you use this to cancel out this. Rah, 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 and there you go. And I would literally do exactly that. But instead of using the words ocean breeze, I use the words black ink. Right. And I did four different examples of these four different things you could do with type of type of typography in Photoshop and came up with a carousel on my black ink page where I said, hey, everyone have a look at these four designs and comment your favorite one. Right. So I did exactly that and it got, you know, probably got fucking 30 people liking it and about six people commenting like this, this. No, actually, I think it did reasonably well as far as the comments are concerned because I think 15 people ended up saying that they like what is now known as the chalky design, right? So what I did was I went and got that design and I got it made from this company over east. I said, I want this design on a t-shirt. Send me 15 of them, okay? So they sent me 15. I remember I did 15 because that was 15 people who commented that that particular design was their favorite. And I was thinking, right, 15 people said that's their favorite. 15 people are going to buy it. And, you know, 15 people didn't buy it. That's not the point. That's not what I'm saying here. But more to the point, like, that's what I had to work with then. And I knew that this chalky design with the black ink, I mean, I still have the shirt to this day. It's definitely not something that I'm super proud of. I'm proud of it that it was the start of all this. It was the thing that got the ball rolling, but I knew that this wasn't, I didn't have to be stoked on it. I just had to do something. And I had no idea what a cool shirt with black ink looked like in my mind back then, but I did have the vision of something cool to do with black ink being on a shirt. I knew that somewhere in this mess of ideas that there is something that is sellable and there is an idea that is relatable to people and all I have to do is show up and do day one and make sure day two is better than day one. So that's what I did. I created that shirt. I got them in. I promoted them, advertised them. I sold them. I got to a point where I sold all of them. And then I kept on moving forward. And I think it was at that stage that I realized like I was going through a whole revolutionary period of my life where I was figuring out my mind. I was starting to calm down a little bit. I was becoming more of a man. I was in a really interesting situation as far as my living situation was concerned. But I actually, this is really interesting. I realized that I needed a fucking graphic designer and I had no graphic designer friends uh, here kind of locally that I could lean on and say, hey, let's come up with something together. I didn't even have someone that I could like sit down and brainstorm with really. So what I did was I figured out where the good graphic designers are and I found graphic design pages on Instagram and then I basically just reverse engineered these fucking, where these graphic designers were coming from uh, because these like graphic design pages, what they would do is hold these competitions where they say, right, here's the theme and here's three words. Uh, entries close in a week's time. Whoever can make the best thing gets a shout out, right? So then what everyone does is they create some sort of graphic. They post it to their account and then they tag these graphic design accounts so that the graphic design account can see that. But that means that you can go to all the tag posts of that mother um, graphic design account and see everyone who's entered. You can then, like, with the theme and the words that they all got given, you can then see who of these graphic designers best 
um, kind of aligns with the style of what you're trying to produce. And that's exactly what I did. I found someone who like, I think whatever the theme was, like I was looking at everyone's entries for this one particular theme and I was like, shit, this dude here is black ink all over. The theme and the words are irrelevant. Just the way that everything's done, I just love that style. So I got in contact with this dude. I said, hey man, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, you know, find someone that can kind of fill in the gaps for me and help me with my design work and, you know, create something cool because while I know how to use Photoshop and I know how to make shirts, I don't have that little bit in the middle, which is the creativity and the production, the ability to kind of make something cool, be stoked on it and and take it from there. And he goes, dude, say no more. Just give me a theme. Tell me what you kind of see in your mind and leave the rest with me. I was like, sweet. Here's the theme. Here's what I see in my mind. And the one thing, <clears throat> and, and also like you go, oh cool, how do you come up with the theme? The one thing that I've always done with Black Ink and I, is I have stayed true to what's going on in my mind at the time. Like I've never tried to create something that is outside of my kind of field of vision. And I said to him, I said, look man, I'm, to be honest with you, like I'm kind, kind of going through this whole like turning of the page, if that's all right. You're kind of like going, going into a new chapter of my life where I feel like, I have faith in myself. I have faith in this outside force that if you show up and if you do hard work and if you believe in yourself and if you understand your ability and bet on that ability, you bet on your own potential that there is endless amounts of things that you can achieve. The ceiling, your ceiling is smashed because now you can just do exactly what you want to do. And I said, the thing that links all of this together is the fact that I spend every morning going through in my mind and verbally saying out loud what my goals are, how I feel, what I'm trying to achieve, the things that aren't so good, the things that are great. And the thing that I relate that mostly to is prayer because obviously I was raised as a, as a good Catholic boy, as you can tell. So the thing that I said to him was the theme for me is this kind of um, re, like rebirth of almost Christian values. And it, it sounds a bit fucking woo-woo, but let, let me explain. What I mean is this part of me, that, that this part of my life really was kind of understanding in a deeper way. The things that they were trying to teach us as Christians when we were kids in school, they, I feel like they were teaching us in the wrong light. Because I noticed that a lot of the principles that Catholicism and Christianity uses are things that you can use in your own life to prog- progress yourself in whatever you want. Right, And I need to tie this in with the fact that when I was like 16, 17, 18, I was introduced to Rhonda Burns' The Secret, which if you know, is like basically putting faith in yourself, you know, doing a vision board, understanding your potential and putting that, putting everything into plan with a goal and like, sorry, with your goals and reverse engineering it into a plan and basically just setting out to achieve whatever you want to achieve. So I realized that there was this kind of framework for high achievers and being able to like kind of demand success out of your life through these practices and principles. And I realized that a lot of those aligned with how prayer works basically by having that communication with a higher power when you wake up and before you go to a sleep before you go to sleep you're pretty much talking to god you're talking to something that is greater than you you're explaining what your aspirations are you're explaining how you're going to get there and by doing that even if no one is listening you're making that real to yourself right and i explained this to him with with not as many words and he said oh good man leave it with me long story short he came back with the ascension tea Do you know how much of the Ascension T I changed? Zero percent. Zero percent. 
I think I added something to it actually because I was going to debut that at the Easter uh, Lost Bills Sunday sesh. So I'm pretty sure on the back somewhere it's actually got Lost Bills and then the date of Easter in it. And that was all I added. And I think I actually added that personally when I got the Photoshop file through because that just kind of adds it. That that 100% ties it into being, you know, like a black ink thing. And now when you reflect back on the Ascension Tea, it's super cool to see like, oh, on Christmas in 2021, like Lost Bills, that's where this all kind of came together. And obviously for me, it has a deeper meaning now. I've kind of explained what I was going through in my life and how we came to that. But the point of this is, like, I knew that the chalky tea wasn't shit hot. And to be honest with you, the Ascension tea isn't shit hot either. But you know what we built in the process of doing that is a structure. It's something that we can then rely on, repeat it again, and refine it to get a better better product, to get a better result. And that's exactly what I did. So I didn't use this guy every single time. And if you go through and look at all of my collection, you can pretty much see the things that I created and the things that he created because I've kept him the whole time. I haven't I haven't gone to, oh, there's one other designer that we use for the Ghost Gate tea, but that was a very specific thing. And with that said, I gave that job to him, my original designer, and said, hey, here's what I'm trying to achieve. He actually did do a design, sent it through to me. It didn't quite land the way I wanted it to land. I said, that's all good. Like, we're not going to use this. Thank you for your efforts, though. I'll, I'll report back when I've got more jobs for you, but that's not for us. I went to it and... I went through three designers to get to the point where I found a bloke who was just perfect for the job, executed it. We got the result we did. We're super happy, right? But you can go back and see all the things that this guy designed for me and all the things that I designed because his stuff is like the full color, fun, exciting sort of prints. Whereas the stuff that I design normally is just one color. It's nice and simple. It's bold. It's very fucking, um, it's in your face sort of thing, you know? And what we did with that Ascension Tea, I think the one after that that we created together was the... Fuck, let me think. I don't even know what we created. So he's created like the Break the Law Tea. He created the Purpose Tea. He created Ascension. He created... Uh... Hey, Riz, what else did he create, do you know? I don't know. Nah, she doesn't know. That's all good. That's all good. I think she got her AirPods in. She's not listening to me anyway. She probably didn't even know what I asked. That's all good. But... That whole progressive nature, that mentality of like, it's all good what we've got today. Let's just make sure what we do tomorrow is good. And also remembering that when tomorrow comes, when we're working on that thing with the knowledge of like how we can make it a little bit better, a little bit sharper, if we don't achieve it, still post it, still deliver it, still keep moving forward. Because a day where we did something is, a, is better than a day where we did nothing. Don't let that idea of like, oh yeah, but I made this thing yesterday and now I'm replicating it today and it's not fucking leaps and bounds better. That's okay. In fact, it doesn't even need to be any better. As long as it is still in the envelope of the quality standard that you believe you're trying to deliver, as long as it's in that envelope, deliver it. Deliver it. Even if it drops down a little bit, let's reflect on the podcast again. Hey, 57 was fucking great. 50, uh, sorry, 57 was a great podcast. 58 maybe wasn't as good, but it was still right there. You were still there and talking confidently and looking at the camera and coming out with good ideas and speaking with bloody, with meaning and purpose, you know? So post it. It's just, I guess the other fucking 10 that I recorded or half a dozen, whatever they are, I guess they weren't in that envelope. Maybe that's the point that I'm making. But man, I'm just talking about how I'm feeling. I actually had heaps of shit to talk about today and I didn't quite get there. That's all right. That's all right. I'll tell you what though. Um, among the things that I'm trying to get better at, obviously one of them is talking on camera, which 
The podcast is brilliant because it's quite a challenge to talk on camera for 45 minutes, but the thing that I'm enjoying lately is going on live feeds and talking for half an hour live with people watching you and responding and only having, you know, one, two, three, six, maybe 10 people in the live feed and talking personally and specifically to those 10 people and not saying something that you're going to regret, not saying something that you don't mean, staying on topic or staying on trend, being uh, involved, you know what I mean? I'm finding that that's a skill that I want to get really good at and I've kind of been, well, I've been practicing that a whole heap. So much so yesterday, I actually did screen printing on a live video, which is a mix of fucking two worlds colliding because I mean, I'm still under 10 runs with a screen printer. So any screen printing that I do, I'm literally still learning on the job while I'm doing it. And as it turns out, it turned out fucking perfect. It was beautiful. I uh, So this tea here, which I probably should have started with, is the trademark tea. I've probably already shown it on the podcast, but there's the back of it. Now, this trademark tea is going to be the next tea for uh, release. It's going to be released probably early next week. And uh, it's kind of a cool tea because it symbolizes the official trademarking of the Black Ink name. Now, while I trademarked the Black Ink name probably four months ago now, three, four months ago, it's still super exciting. It's just a little late to the fucking party, the celebration. But this is the shirt that we're going to use to celebrate the fact that finally Black Ink is trademarked. It's protected. No one can steal it from me. Yesterday was the first time that I had tried... No, I had done the back print. So I had done this one. This isn't the shirt, by the way. The shirt that I printed is over there and it's heaps brighter. This is almost grey, whereas I printed that in white. But um, the uh, when I printed it yesterday, I was doing the front print, which is the first time I'd ever used that screen. It was uh, the first time I've ever done a live video screen printing and it was using the new ink and I literally did everything. I did the setup, the print, the pack up, the clean, everything on the live video. And it was fucking awesome. It was brilliant. Like from my point of view, I had fun doing it. I felt like I connected with my audience. I felt like I spoke clearly and I talked about things that I kind of knew what I was talking about enough that I was you know, able to say it in a way that people could digest the information. So I'm super stoked about that. But right at the end of it, the fucking my phone died. <laughs> so I couldn't save the video. I couldn't post the live feed up for people to fucking go back and watch because normally I, I do post them up for a few days and see if anyone's really interested. Um, but yeah, I kind of... Yeah, I, 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 well, when, no, I'll tell you something that I'm kind of working towards. I'm running out of time because I have to go to my account and I've already done 46 minutes. But I'll, I'll tell you a part of what I've been thinking lately. What I wanted that video for was so I could record me screen printing and then I could save that video and use outtakes of that video for another video that I'm working on. So I said before that my aim was to post at least three to five podcasts per week. What I've been focusing on is kind of diversifying what those videos are. So I still want to be posting these long form videos several times a week, purely for the fact that as long as I keep doing them, organically, I should be getting better at them. So even if these videos aren't the thing that I'm specifically you know, trying to deliver, the thing that I'm trying to work towards, which might be two years away, at least I know that I'm good at being on camera. I'm good at you know, speaking what my, you know, talking about my ideas and being able to elaborate them on in a sense where people can understand what I'm saying, being able to speak clearly, being able to not speak with my hands, which apparently I have a problem with, you know, all good. But what I do want to do is start looking at other sorts of videos. I want to do like review videos. I want to do production videos. I want to do direct press releases to my audience so people can have a little bit more transparency with the business without having to listen to 45 minutes of me talking about pure fucking nonsense like feeding my dog chicken bones. So 
that video yesterday from the live feed was going to be an insert in a video that I've kind of been putting together in my head. I've written some ideas down about it, but unfortunately, as I said, my phone died and I didn't get to uh, didn't get to save it and use it. So I might have to go live again and record some more fucking screen printing videos, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I tell you what, with that in mind, do me a favor. If you like the idea of me reviewing things on camera, and I'm talking about like five to 10 minute videos of me reviewing food, of me reviewing products, of me talking about experiences that I've had with particular businesses maybe. If you are interested in seeing me do that, please let me know what, we'd, what you would like me to review. Let me know what you would like me to break down or you know have a rant about or whatever it might be. Tell me what you want because this is the thing. I would like to post a fucking road rage video every day because I literally get it every day and I feel like I make wicked points when I'm raging on the road. But I know that it's probably not going to be something that's going to sit particularly well. And even if it does, I don't want to be known as the guy who has road rage and posts videos about it every day. But let me know what you think. Since Larissa's starting to make noise in the background, it must be time for me to sign out. I'm going to... Oh, I think I'm in trouble. Anyway, I'm going to sign out. Thank you for listening. It has been an absolute pleasure. I hope to see you next time on episode 60. And I'm out. Yeah!